0: Well, we're working through our series together about being transform- transformed. There's different ones taking uh, some of those sessions, and I'm delighted this morning that Phil is going to come and take the lead and bring the preach to us. So thank you, Phil. Let me hand over to you. And a uh, nice round of applause for Phil, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. Right. Stopwatch. Twenty-five minutes ish. Thank you. Yes. Courtesy of you, splash. Yeah. Um, yeah right. So being transformed, um, the the obvious the obvious what transformation in nature, kind of, just. You got an ugly caterpillar, and it starts off life as this well. Creepy, funny, weird creature that you know, and it becomes, you know, what can be a, a beautiful. I mean, a, the colours on that one are, are quite impressive, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and that's and kind of you think transformation. That's that's something that kind of comes into your mind sort of fairly quickly. the Transformation of the butterfly. Um, in the in the Bible, um, if I sort of think about transformation through the Bible, I sort of and particularly, sort of, there's lots of stories of transformed situations and, and environments and things, but, but personal transformation. Sort of think about people like, like Gideon, for example. Um, first slide. Um, so Gideon starts off, we first meet in uh, Judges 6, uh, verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat un- down under the oak in Oprah um, that belonged to Joash the... Abba's right, Um, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Here's this mighty warrior hiding in a winepress to thresh wheat. So he's threshing wheat, but he's doing it in a wine press, so he's hiding out the way of the the Midianites. When the angel starts talking to him, Gideon's response is, "Uh, Excuse me, Lord. But, 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 I think you've got the wrong guy. But what if, what if, what if? A few days, few days later, barely even that. Judges chapter, next chapter, this is Gideon talking. Watch me, he told them, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then all around the camp blow yours and shout, for the Lord and for Gideon. The guy who was hiding in the wine press in one chapter, in the next chapter, is leading, well, I'd say the armies of Israel, actually, in this instance, it was only about 300 men, but it's because it's a good story, but, um, and just transformation. He's become the, 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 the front guy, the leader, and he's, you know, he's right there. Um, how about Zacchaeus? Uh, thief thief to, phil- to philanthropist, maybe, uh, Luke chapter 19, verse 2. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. Which pretty much meant, you could fairly much guarantee, as a tax collector in those times, he was doing a fair bit of skimming off the top. He was doing a fair bit of, taking a little bit more than perhaps he was supposed to and keeping it in his own pocket. Meets Jesus. Jesus calls him down from the tree, goes around to his house for dinner, meets Jesus. A few verses later, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord Look Lord here and now I give half my possessions to the poor and if I have cheated anybody out of anything I will pay them back four times the amount transformed uh, and then uh, and then and then Paul perhaps one of the 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 most kind of you know again like the like the butterfly in nature the story in the Bible about transformation Saul becoming Paul Saul on, his, on the road to Damascus meets Jesus and transforms. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them prisoner to Jerusalem. A few verses later, Saul spent several days in, with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus Is the Son of God? All who heard him were astonished and asked, "Isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on his name? And hasn't he come to take them prisoner to the chief priests?" He met Jesus, and he was transformed. Amazing. Um, But which you know, and they're all great pictures of this sort of transformation. But they're a little can be a little bit difficult to relate to. Certainly, in my life. My life doesn't hasn't really had those sort of that sort of transformation. Growing up in so I've grown up grown up in church, was my family you know a few generations back been in been in the church, um, so and, and I was at a big church growing up, and we would have visiting speakers who would come and and preach and share amazing stories of miraculous transformation and all sorts of things, and we would and you would hear sort of um, regular baptismal services, and you'll get people's testimonies, and these testimonies of, trans- of how people, of how God kind of broke into people's lives and completely turned things around. And I remember, I remember I got baptized when I was about 13, 14, and I remember sitting down to try and write my testimony, and kind of my first draft was sort of looking at all the things that i kind of done wrong, all the naughty stuff and things, which, uh, as a rather shielded... A uh, 13 year thirteen-year-old Christian boy at that time was not really very much. Um, and my, my dad and I, and I got sort of vivid memory of my dad coming and sitting down with me and sort of that, explaining that's not really what it's what it's all about. But but sometimes it can be difficult to connect with this idea of transformation when it's sort of sudden and, and impactful. But my experience is actually transformation can be the journey of a lifetime, hence the title. Transformation can take time. Can, transformation does take time. And even even these stories where we, we see immediate, miraculous transformation, I'm sure there's other parts of their lives where that transformation continues and has to work, f- work on. Um, I find it much more easy to relate to Peter. Um, if you... If you do a bit of Google searching on sort of Peter, Peter and his mistakes and that sort of thing. The number of kind of preaching blogs and, and articles that come up about learning from Peter's mistakes. I think the, the, the best one I had was Peter's 13 mistakes. And sort of going through and looking at Peter's mistakes, bless him. Um, Peter was very much, comes across as a guy who kind of opened his mouth before his brain had time to kind of catch up. He, he just got on and he did stuff without kind of really thinking about it. Um, Of course, people talk about the mistake where he started to sink when he was on the water, because actually Peter walked on the water. I find it very difficult to see too much of a mistake in that story, because he's still the only person I know other than Jesus that walked on water. Um, but but, but, But even that was part of that sort of, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come! Oh, um, uh, ooh, may, may, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And he gets out, you know, and Jesus tells him to come and he gets out of the boat. Um, but, but time and again, um, he just, stuff comes out of his mouth. And you kind of think, ooh, Peter. Because the really, the really uh, harsh one, um, Matthew 16:23, 23, um, Jesus has, has shared something about, about his future and what's going to happen um, and Peter kind of says, oh, no, Jesus, not like that. And Jesus turns to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Ouch. Um, uh, later on, uh, uh, which one's this? Um, that was, and, then, and then, of course, there's Peter's big failure where, Jesus, where he's kind of said, Jesus, I won't leave you. I'll never leave you. I'll be right with you. And Jesus says, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times and of course that is exactly what happens and, he, and, he, and, and particularly there's a. sometimes you can sort of see there's a bit of a, a fear of what people think about him particularly in the, the denying of Christ there were people around and it was very much you know what the people, a bit of a fear of man there um, and it kind of culminates with a surely you are one of them, your accent gives you way and, but Peter called down curses and says I don't know the man and the cock crows, and Peter breaks down. Um, and then we get, and then, and then, sort of, you know, and then, after the resurrection, Jesus comes, and and you get that beautiful scene with Jesus and Peter on the beach, with the fish, and Jesus kind of called Jesus reinstates Peter, um, and then, and then, and then Jesus ascends to heaven, and. You've got the 11 disciples and and, and the rest of the disciples sort of in the upper room and you've got the day of Pentecost. And Peter gets filled with the Holy Spirit um, and and they're all speaking in tongues. There's Jews from all nations have all come around and uh, some of the Jews are even, it's busy, it's it's crowded. Some of the Jews are even pointing the finger and laughing at them saying, oh, they're just just drunk. Um, And then Peter steps up in front of all these people and says, uh, raises his voice, addresses the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. He then goes on and gives this rather eloquent preach. He quotes from Joel, the prophet Joel, about the pouring out of the Spirit. He quotes from David. And it's, a, it's kind of this, you know, whoa, you know, where's this guy who was constantly had his foot in his mouth kind of thing, you know. There's, a, there's definitely transformation there. Um, but then, but, but then you see more through, as, and you kind of go, oh, well, oh, Peter's changed. He's a new man. Well, yes and no. Um, then we get, in, in further interaction, we get the Peter and Cornelius. So Cornelius is a Gentile, Gentile family. Um, God sends them a, a, tells them to go and, go and find Peter, and they send a message to Peter. problem is, is Peter's mind isn't really quite in the right place, it would appear, to deal with Gentiles. Peter's a Jew, he's surrounded by Jews, he lives in Jerusalem, I think. Um, and, so, and so God has to send him this, and I, I love this story, God sends him this really weird vision where Pete, it's, it's sort of mid-morning, Peter's getting hungry, it's coming up to lunchtime, he falls into a bit of a trance, And there's this vision of this sheet comes down, and on this sheet are all these animals that are all these animals. And Jesus says to him, Kill, eat. You know, you're hungry, kill and eat. Unfortunately, all these animals are prescripted for Jews. They're not the sort of animals that Jews eat, they're not the sort of animals that Jews are allowed to eat under the law. Peter's like, I can't, no, these are unclean. And Jesus tells him, Don't call anything I have made unclean. And, 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 that's, and that's kind of the vision. And you kind of get this sort of image of Peter waking up going, what on earth was that all about? Too much cheese? I, you know. Um, and, he, and he goes away. And then, and then this guy, then this messenger comes from Cornelius and tells him, you know, God's asked, asked you to, to come and see us. And he goes and I just And I, it just fascinates me. At what point did the penny drop for Peter, at what point did he go? Did he did he meet Cornelius or hear about Cornelius, and what point did he go? Oh, that's what the vision meant. Don't the the Gentiles aren't unclean, and and and, and there's a and there's a change in mindset. There's a renewing of his mind, probably at that, at that time. The problem is, is Peter like myself, like most of us. It doesn't always stick. Uh, in uh, Galatians, in Paul, Paul's letter to the Galatians, uh, 2 verse 11 to 14, it says, When Cephas, that's, uh, uh, that's Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles, because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group, the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that their hypocrisy, even led Barnab- even, even Barnabas, was led astray. When I saw that they were not going, acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? And what's happened here is, Peter's, Peter's in, in Antioch, um, he's, he lives with Jew, Gentiles, he eats with Gentiles, he mixes with Gentiles and then some Jews from Jerusalem come who, are, who, who have got this, there was a, a, a theology that Jesus was still just for the Jews or you had to convert to, Jew, to Judaism, you had to be circumcised in order to be a Christian. And, 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 during the, and there was, the, there was a, the, the council, sort of a few, partway through, partway through Acts, you read about them, and Peter standing up and the, the council of sort of the elders of the church and things, making this decision that we're not going to force Gentiles to become Jews to be Christians. It just doesn't make sense. And he and, and kind of stood up and said, that's, that's it. But here we can see that because of what people might think, how people might view Peter... Instead of staying with the Gentiles, when these Jews came that he knew had this sort of other view of things, he withdrew from the Gentiles uh, and sort of started hanging around with the Jew, with just the Jews. And Peter saw this kind of, uh, sorry, Paul saw this hypocrisy and had to point it out to him. I had to get up in his face. I opposed him to his face um, to, to correct him. Uh, and uh, Paul doesn't specifically, doesn't state what Peter's response to it was. You assume by this point, Peter's kind of got used to going, oh, yeah, okay, I've got that wrong again. Um, they certainly don't seem to have fallen out over it, so you sort of assume that Peter's gone, yeah, you're right, Paul, thanks. Uh, and he's adjusted his mindset. He's transformed yet again. Um, so, I, so very much... Peter's much easier to kind of relate to, the transformation over time. Um, Going back to the the, the kind of the basis scripture for this this series. Uh, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test, approve what God's will is and his, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So the, I think it's the start of verse 2 though, I've not got the verses there. But um, do, do not conform... So it starts with, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's really easy to conform, isn't it? Even Peter, Peter, that's what was going on with Peter, who's kind of conforming to, this, to the Jewish... Um, view of things in our society. I think, I think now, uh, now even more so with the med- with media, with social media, w- with just the, the the state, particularly the kind of Western culture at the moment. There's a pressure, a constant pressure to conform, to be like everybody else, to not stand out, to not get in people's faces, um, and actually, and there's a reading sort of bits around this and. Uh, and particularly these verses and how they've been used in the past and forwards and, and this idea of the, the, the big word sanctification um, changing over time and whether, whether these verses are talking about an instantaneous transformation or a, a, an instantaneous command or whether they're, they're, they're an over time thing. Um, the general consensus, and I definitely agree, is generally is these are talking about over time when it says do not conform it doesn't say, right, don't conform right, now be transformed it's keep on not being conformed keep working hard at not being conformed because it's just too easy just to be conformed without even realising it without even noticing it um, as, as, as what happened to Peter um, but how? How do we how, so how, so little look at how we transform? How we avoid conforming? So it says, "Do not do not conform," which is kind of a command to us. So that's that's a fairly straightforward. We need to work at not conforming. But the the, the second part of it, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a there's a, there's a, it gives me an impression that there's an external force, if you like, um, be transformed, i.e. Not, not transform yourself, it's be transformed, be transformed by something else. Um, in uh, Titus, Titus 3.5, it says, he saved us not because of the righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Colossians three ten. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed, which is being renewed, in knowledge in the image of its creator. The idea that 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 actually there's the Holy Spirit here at work, transforming and renewing. Um. So, is, is it just that actually we can sit back? Actually, this is the, the Holy Spirit's going to work through us. He's going to transform us and he's going to renew our mind. That's all good. We can just let him get on with it. Mm, maybe it's not quite that straightforward. Um, this definitely, it's definitely a collaborative work. Uh, Stephen last week was talking about the things that, some of the things, that approaches that we can take to renew our mind. Uh, cleaning up, growing up, waking up, showing up about what, the things that we can... Kind of put into place the patterns that we can start to work through our minds. Um, yeah. um, so I, I um, part of the source material that Stephen suggested for, for putting these the, the preaching together uh, included a book by uh, David Shearman called Born to Win, um, which is it which the, kind of the whole book is kind of sits around this idea uh, and particularly kind of the the, the work of the, uh, the importance of the mind and things. Um, uh, there's a, there's a few different bits, and um, I'm going to skip over a slide, um, I think, because we're running out of time. Um, I, your mind is your business is one of the things he says. Going to skip over two slides. Um, there is one one sort of phrase that I do that I quite like um, that I'm, that I'll just share. Um, the the bre- slide that says breakthrough at the top. It's about three to of four. Lovely. Um, there's a chapter, called, chapter on Breakthrough, and this is just a, a bit of a line in it. Um, but it's about the fact that breakthrough, everything starts in the mind. Sow a thought, i.e. the mind, make a change in your mind. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. It starts in the mind, but the mind triggers an action. And if you keep doing an action, it becomes a habit. And if it, once it becomes a habit, it changes your character. And character, good character, leads to destiny. So, yeah, pretty good. Um, but we, we, we also have to be careful, I think, that we don't spend too much time navel-gazing, to colloquially put it in colloquialism, um, it's too much time in our own head because we, our own, because we get in our own way. Um, Proverbs 27, 17, uh, just this sort of single line in it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Um, I like to cook. Um, I do a fair bit of cooking at home. As a cook, uh, I'm a little bit particular about my knives. <laughs> um, cook preparing food with a sharp knife it's an awful lot easier and in a lot of ways safer than with a blunt knife. If you're trying to use a blunt knife to cut things, you tend to have to use too much force and if you miss or slip. As Stephen knows fairly well, I don't know whether that was a sharp knife or not, but that was a sharp knife, so you have to be careful either way. Um, I, uh, I bought myself, just after Christmas, I bought myself a sharpening stone. So it comes on a little pad and it's got a bit of a wooden block and things to hold it steady. And um, now, because we've had, our kn- we've had our current set of knives for quite a long while, um, and when we first got them, they were really sharp. But over time, the, kind of, the edges get blurred, and they just, they just lose the sharpness depending on where you, you're using them. Um, and so for years... This is an Ikea one. This is a steel. steel. I suppose the the, the the more uh, accurate translation of the the proverb these days would be a steel shop and steel. Um, So this is is a steel and it's got sort of a a very, very fine kind of um, file sort of effect on it, little lines on it. And you just drag drag your knife over the edge and 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 what it does is it kind of knocks the burrs out and it straightens the edge. And if you do it a lot, you can kind of work a bit of sharpness into it. It can be like that for us. This this verse in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. When Peter was hanging about with other Christians, and when he was hanging about with other Christians who were in relationship with him, who knew him well, like Paul, Paul was able to come up and Paul got up on his face and corrected him as iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Um, I do, I, I, I really like the, the illustration um, because what I've found is the iron only sharpens it so far and eventually even the iron and the knife, it just doesn't, just doesn't do the job. So eventually you have to go to the stone. Because the stone is better at sharpening, it takes a lot more work, and it's a bit more effort, and it takes more time. And I just think it's quite a nice picture of the stone. Maybe the stone the builders rejected, the Holy Spirit working through us is what really keeps us, keeps us sharp, keeps renewing us, keeps our our minds transformed. Um, but working with each other, being in community, being in church family, where people can, where your relationship is such that people can point out where you've maybe got something wrong, because actually we can get stuff wrong. We can start conforming and, and just not realise it, like Peter. And it took Paul to hold up the mirror. Um, I've always, I've always found children are quite good at that as well, especially your own children. Um, I know, I remember the thought. When the boys were small, um, you see something in your children that that you think, oh, they, you know, they shouldn't be doing that. That's a, doing something that they shouldn't be doing, and uh, or some behaviour that, that's not quite not quite what you'd want. Sometimes it's worth just checking. I wonder where they've picked that up from. Let's make sure they've not picked that up from me. Um, even Paul, um, even Paul knew that. This is a journey. That transformation is a lifetime's journey. Uh, in Philippians 3:12, he says, "Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take that hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me." Um, and sometimes, some, but it, it, in one sense, that can be that can be a little bit demoralising to think right, well, it's going to take it's going to take a lifetime to, to get this sorted. Um, but actually, what we also have to remember is when. We're not where we want to be today, but we're much further along the path than we were yesterday. Yeah. And again, a slightly silly example, I was thinking about the, 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 the story of the ugly duckling came to mind. Um, in the story of the ugly duckling, the duckling has, has grown up and has, and has transformed and has become this, gone from this ugly duckling and has transformed to this beautiful swan but it's, the duckling itself isn't aware until, somebody has to, until he makes a comment somebody has to point it out and he has to look at his reflection. And It's not until he sees the reflection that he realizes he's changed. And sometimes that's part of us, iron sharpening iron. We encourage each other because we can say that, yes, okay, so you might, might, maybe somebody's feeling a bit down and, and troubled because they've got it wrong again because things aren't how they would like them to be. And actually it's our job to come alongside and say, well, yeah, but if this had have happened last year, you'd have been a mess, or oh, 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 whatever, whatever. And actually pointing out the places where people have improved, where they've transformed, where their mind has been renewed, and that it's an ongoing thing. Um, I remember my first, my first ever preach, again, growing up in, in, in church, and I had the, the privilege of being at a, a Christian school. Um, and my first preach was to my class. It was absolutely appalling. Uh, I preached on um, on one of the, the demon possessed guy who goes around beating up anybody that comes along, um, and I just kind of liked. I, well, I suspect as a young boy, I liked the violence of it, but the and the, the power that Jesus came along with and, and cast the guy out. But I kind of had no point, and it was yes, it, and my poor teacher trying to put draw something out of it to share with the rest of the class. I'd like to think that I've improved over time, but. I know that I can get better, and and it's the same for all of us. Um, Transformation, renewal of our mind um, is the journey of a lifetime. Um, But it's, yeah, thank you.